Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hello and welcome to Get Out of My Pod. I'm Nav. I'm Una. How's it going, Una? Pretty good. I've got Wi-Fi again. Woo! Woohoo! Ooh, yeah. We're both. Are we both broadcasting from bed? Um, I think so. I certainly am. That's exciting. I'm in bed also. I mean, I have no reason to be in my bed, but you've you've set up a little studio, right? Yeah, it, like in among the array of boxes that I'm like sitting around. I'm just sat on my bed uh, with a blanket over my head which I think counts as a studio. Uh, Una and I have both moved this weekend. I've moved back to my, my flat. And, and where are you, Una? In the countryside, Gloucestershire. Woo-hoo! Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice indeed. I don't. Th- I was thinking, is there any EastEnders news to, to pick up on? But Oh, no, you know what? There is some EastEnders news, Una. Oh, my God. Tell me about the EastEnders news. Okay, so I think the new episodes will come back. I think it's going to be quite a lengthy delay. So the new episodes we won't see till September. Wow. But they are going to be four times a week. Okay. But they're only going to be 20 minutes each. Oh my gosh, that's weird. Why didn't they just do three episodes of normal length? I think... I think because try and get back to some semblance of, of normality. And actually, to be fair, if you think about the ITV soaps, which have about like 10 minutes of adverts, they're only about 20 minutes anyway. Makes sense, yeah. So right. is, that, is it going to be 20 minute EastEnders forever now? Is that just a new thing? I might be fine with it. Yeah, I might be. I don't know. It does seem like very short. How are they going to do? I don't know. You know when they have like really intense episodes, I just feel like 20 minutes is not a lot. I, I, okay, so if you had to choose between three half an hour episodes, which would be longer, but, um, or four 20 minute episodes, what would you prefer? Mm, three half an hour somehow feels more manageable to me, but I mean, it just yeah. is the same amount of time, isn't it? And also, to be fair, I've been watching a lot of Frasier recently, and oh my God. those episodes are 20 minutes, and that's pretty good. Right perfect length Frasier is <laughs> I love that show I love that show so much I mean side, side fact about that um actually you can uh you can if you tell Nav like one <laughs> line or like one fact about the Frasier episode you're watching he can tell you exactly which episode it is I mean this is not EastEnders content but I feel like I mean we could cut this out but like do you want to should we try it from an episode you watched recently um so I recently Wait, I just have to think of like one moment, don't I? Okay. Right. So, uh, an, a, a giant American flag drops down over Fraser's balcony. <sighs> My God, that's his uh, battle with Cam Winston, though. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely it brilliant. Such an expert on Fraser, it's amazing. Oh, I'm really pleased with that. But yeah, there we go. Anyway, that's not EastEnders news, but... Um... Yeah, we'll move on. But hey, maybe we should start a podcast about Fraser as well. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually would be well up for that. All right, let's discuss. Let's discuss. Yep. But um, yeah, what should we check ourselves on our predictions? From <laughs> let's do it. What was your prediction? Mine was that Martin would move in with Ruby. Okay, that did not happen. Did not happen, but, you know, I'm going to say, you know, they're flirty, flirty stuff. Could happen. Like, could happen. Could happen. In fact, but maybe theirs is just like, it's just a sex thing more than a kind of, you know, domestic thing. So it was probably not a good prediction. I feel like they were probably getting them together for the to prepare for Stacey's return, like surely. 
Yeah, so what, she'd walk in on them or yeah, something? Yeah, hopefully. Or like, yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that would be brilliant. It would just be a good little triangle or like square really because Max is kind of there as well. But anyway. What was your prediction? Mine was <laughs> that uh, Callum would start to put together some of the pieces over Ben's heist from last week. Um, Callum yeah. wasn't even in it. Ben wasn't in it. Absolutely didn't get mentioned. No. <laughs> Ian apparently completely, Ian, sorry, Phil completely safe from um, Danny Hardcastle despite having robbed tens of thousands of pounds off him. And Danny Hardcastle knowing exactly where he lives. Yeah, I mean, I'm very angry about this, but, you know, fine. I'm just oh, going to well. let it go, seeing as we're not <laughs> going to have EastEnders for, for a few months. I hope they sort that shit out, yeah, though. Tie up some loose ends, guys. Come on. Right. Just on your prediction, though, and it was quite an insulting nickname, but it feels quite apt now. But, like, obviously, Callum, you know, when he was introduced, was known as Halfway because <laughs> yeah, wasn't the brightest. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like your prediction was was being quite generous to to Callum. He's come a long way. Yeah, he's still an idiot. Yeah, he is a bit of an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Is that mean? Is that wrong to say? No, he's yeah, he's a bit slow, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's not the brightest. I don't know. I'm struggling with predictions. Well, I feel like it's a product of shoddy scripts from EastEnders making it difficult to see where, what they're trying to do. That's what I think as well. Not my right. fault. Your fault, EastEnders writers. Our predictions would make for better plot lines than what's happening Literally, they would. We've come up with so many good ideas and the EastEnders writers haven't taken advantage of any of them yet. They have the summer to sort it out, yeah, so... Giving you it all on a plane. Sort it out. Yeah, should we uh, should we get into it? Let's do it. What happened this week? Should we just talk about the big storyline? This is interesting because I don't know what you're going to say is the big storyline. Oh my line. gosh, really? Yeah. Uh, I would say the big storyline is Sharon versus Phil. It's on for the Vic. It is on. Actually, you know, I okay. We, uh, let's discuss Sharon versus Phil. But for me, I thought the big storyline, at least in terms of prominence, was the Whitney Gray Chantel stuff. But um... oh yeah, that's probably true. Actually, I just think I guess because I do a podcast with you, every storyline that involves Sharon <laughs> is the big storyline. I know that's what you're going to want to talk about. Well, for sure, for sure. So, what do you think of Sharon? Even after like Phil told her to fuck off once her going back again yeah i mean yeah she's very like suddenly extremely dedicated to phil despite everything they've just all been through yeah exactly and i'm a bit like he, because in the in the previous week we saw the scene of phil being like get out of my house yeah. with her baby and i felt like she would have been a bit more fucked off than going like oh my god i need to be with phil and then him telling you to fuck off again yeah also because he's now switched from like um, feeling bad about Denny's death to blaming the baby somehow for know. Denny's death, which makes no sense to me. Yeah, the whole thing is just is fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous, and also like, why did they bother to do the whole thing where he became Linda's sponsor? <laughs> yeah, that was really funny because kind of one thing about Phil they've really built up is that he's quite serious about his uh, recovery and right. he takes AA seriously. And like that was the storyline with him and Linda where he was like this side of Phil where he's, he will kind of put everything aside to do this properly. And then like Linda came over and he was like immediately trying to solicit information from her, like using <laughs> using <laughs> AA as a reason for it. It's like, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the writers are doing, but like, just why did you bother to do that? As you say, if like, so ridiculous, so ridiculous. But um, I've got to say though, Nav, congratulations to you because a long time ago, when Phil actually when Denny died and Phil disappeared for a bit, and then Sharon went to Australia, you were like, I think Sharon's going to come back and like have revenge against Phil. You know what? So before the podcast, that Una said this to me, I cannot remember saying this, but I'm incredibly pleased that Una can because <laughs> can be like, yes, another win in the prediction box. Because you were like outpacing me for quite a while on predictions. Yeah, now I just don't know what's going on. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, actually, what's interesting though about m- me having made that prediction some time ago? Again, it kind of makes me fucked fucked off that like we could have had a few months of that happening. And now it's like we've got it like months later. And now we're on the we're on this bloody hiatus. Yeah, I've had to endure this like boring Sharon getting back with Phil storyline. <laughs> right. Do you think they're gonna progress the storylines like like in the hiatus? Like when we get episodes back, like there'll have been some you know things going on between Phil and Sharon. I think yeah, I think they'll have to progress definitely some of them. I think Phil and Sharon will probably be one. They will need to like have some sort of story about what happened there. Obviously, Whitney's right. trial, in oh, theory, yeah. should take place um, not while we're away. We've still got a little while, I think. Or were they prepping for the actual trial? I'm very confused about how long this is taking. I feel like the actual timescale would be longer, so they've probably got some leeway. But then the way the episodes were, as you say, it did seem like it was kind of imminent. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to need to know what happened with that. Yeah, okay, so here's a question. I feel like we're going off Sharon and Phil a bit, but if you could get rid of a storyline that is kind of in, we're in the midst of right now for, for when they come back, what would it be? Oh, that's really difficult. Um... Should we save it for the end of the podcast? Should we like think about it and then? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Actually, no, I do have one. Oh, yeah. I think it would actually be the like Dottie versus Ian storyline. Oh, yeah, okay. I hate it. Okay. I like the premise of it. I was I was intrigued by like okay Dottie knows this thing obviously Ian's done this awful thing but just like I just fit the way they haven't really like taken full advantage of it I find Dottie's character like really just difficult to believe and confusing yeah and I think I think we discussed it in the last podcast as well the the character and I mean you, I remember you not actually liking like Dottie at all at the beginning but but I've warmed up to her quite a lot and I think she's got a lot of potential I just don't know what she's about you know well, yeah, I know what you mean. I just think there is something there that with the right storyline, she could really flourish. And I just don't think like they've, they've given it to her. Yeah, I just she doesn't have like a strong driving force. There's this kind of thing of like Dot killed her dad and now she hates liars. And it just feels very like difficult to grasp onto. Well, that's the thing. I think they've not given her like the best backstory. Yeah. Do you think that was actually because of um, June Brown's like exit? Yeah, hundred percent. I think there was supposed to be a big storyline mm-hmm. there, and then it all went to shit. I see. Yeah. Well, I think we're never going to see Dot again. I thought there was a chance she'd come back, but you know, pandemic and all. So sad. It is over. Anyway, so Sharon versus Phil. Yeah. Might as well do it now, given that we're going on a on a break. Who's going to win, or how's it going to resolve itself? Um, I mean, I know I've been saying this for a long time and it seems to not be happening, but I am, I think it's time for Phil to leave the square and that's how I think this should end. So you think Sharon's going to kill Phil? I, (laughs) 
<laughs> Sharon's going to kill Phil, and then she's finally the top Mitchell, and then she gets oh. the Vic. She... she fights the final boss and she wins. I mean, I would be up for that like boss level episode of EastEnders. <laughs> and I actually think there's something in that. It's a kind of like, you know, one and done kind of thing. Like you can't go anywhere with it. Like when they kind of killed off like the the Ronnie and Roxy, like it was such a dramatic episode. But like once you've done it, there's no coming back yeah. from it. And I think that Sharon killing Phil, it would be like a kind of, you know, dramatic thing to do. But like maybe there's something in it. Maybe. I'd like to see it personally. Sharon and Linda, double act. Oh, shit. <laughs> the murderers of the square. Okay, well, that's exciting. Very exciting. What, do you think that like there's still a possibility? I know you've been talking about the tailors getting the book. Do you think that's still on the cards? No, not oh, anymore. Because my prediction was kind of based on the idea that like Phil getting the pub with Sharon was too easy, but now it's not going to be easy. So maybe that's kind of resolved that. Okay, yeah, that is fair enough. There we go. Right. Should we move on to what is the other big storyline from last week? Oh, so depressing, this one. Mm, yeah. Nasty Grey has returned. So nasty. I actually think he's such a good actor. He's so evil. Yeah. And he plays that kind of like exactly what men like that. Well, okay. When I say exactly, like a type of man like that, like. Yeah. He's very recognizable. Oh my god, right, like the tracking of the car. Like, what do you make of Detective Dotty figuring that Go one out? Go Dotty, I liked that. Do you know what, there were a couple of Dotty moments I did like. One was that, that he, she like totally yeah. clocked on to him being like a controlling piece of shit straight away. Right, And right. also that brief chat with her and Ruby, where I was like, oh, I could see them being friends. And I think that right. would be a good pairing. I, I like Dotty, I like Dotty. <laughs> but anyway, this we're not talking about Dotty. Yeah, we're talking about, about, about Grey, Chantel, Whitney. Yeah, so Whitney Kiss Grey. Oh, God. I don't know how I feel about her being the one to kiss him. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't know about it, but at the same time, like, they have really lent into her constantly, like, making terrible decisions when it comes to to men. So unless they were going to go on some journey where she kind of, you know found herself and blah 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 i mean maybe it was predictable it just feels like i don't like how they always make her the proactive one in these situations there was that time do you remember when she like kissed max out of the blue and um like a similar thing happened with mick obviously it was reciprocal with mick but like um i don't really like how they kind of characterize her as like randomly kind of going after men because she's had these experiences Right. I think it's a little right. bit irresponsible. I'm going to do something which I try not to do, but I did listen to the Walford Weekly podcast and I thought they had, uh, when I say I try not to do it, and when I say, I, I mean, I don't mean I try not to listen to them. <laughs> I mean, I try not to listen to them before our podcast to, to not be influenced. But they made quite a good point about how the female characters in EastEnders are often like prisoners to their past. Like mm. they. You know, once they decide, like, this is who they are. So, like, Cat is another example of that. Like, they can't deviate from that behavior. While you rarely see that. I guess Max is the only exception. But with a lot of the male characters, they don't necessarily, like, repeat the same kind of behaviors. Yeah, they get freedom like... to change and grow. Right. Like, Stuart is a key example. Right. Like, Martin is kind of an example recently. Right. 
Yeah, I think that's very true. Yeah, and I think it really plays into this like um, very kind of like stereotypical understanding of what trauma is and how it really right. how it relates to kind of victimhood. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. Ruby is the obvious exception to that, but um, yeah, Whitney and Kat, they've, they've just like destroyed them. Yeah, and similarly, we had that kind of was the pattern with Ronnie as well and Roxy really. Yeah, 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 it's a real shame. But oh my god, Grey kind of making her reenact the night that mm. Leo tried to kill her. What do you make of that? I mean, it's. It, I think it was really clever writing from EastEnders mm. because he could obviously like hide behind the idea that it was trial preparation. Yeah. But also, there was a shitload of like sadism, like that was underlying that whole kind of yeah. That, those whole scenes and it's like that's really yeah i thought that was really really clever right i thought it was really clever because actually it's not unknown for lawyers to do things like that tell uh particularly like women who are on trial um information or like things to distress them and to kind of make them break down and look more vulnerable when they're on the stand in court right um, and look kind of harmless and that use of like it kind of shows you how that system the way of dealing with issues like domestic violence in the setting of the court is actually open to just a whole like the level of power that it gives people over people who have already been victims of that kind of behavior like it really opens up to that to the kind of thing that gray is doing here because yeah as you say like it is on a level legitimate but you know exactly what he's doing there is he's kind of breaking her down and making her vulnerable and making her controllable in a way to like regain his ego from not being able to like fully control his wife in the way that he wants yeah and i look i don't want to get into an analysis of who like enters the legal profession but you know i imagine it maybe attracts certain people with certain behaviors like obviously there's a shit ton of good lawyers out there doing like really great work but like if you uh kind of have these kinds of like sadistic uh, pleasures in in getting people to like relive trauma and cannibalize themselves it was quite a good you know place to to operate in a in a legal way if if that's if that's how how you kind of yeah, yeah there's plenty of avenues aren't there very very grim but um so one thing that i hadn't properly picked up was that ben when he did the heist took gray's car did he i think that's what Gray was referencing when he said you took the car on Thursday night because oh, Ben went to the Archers yeah, and he took a car and he swapped yeah, the number yeah, plates yeah. and he drove it. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't realised it either. But again, what the fuck could they not make more of an effort to like? You know, it's weird. Right. Like certain things they go like over the board and uh, overboard in terms of exposition, and then other things you're like, oh, I've got to be a detective and figure this out from like five episodes. Yeah, ago. totally. Yeah, it's been very weird recently on that stuff. By the way, what do you make of, like, Suki basically, like, treating Chantel as, like, you know, just the personal assistant of everyone? And is that supposed to be her job? (laughs) It's not supposed to be her job. But as we know, Suki hates Chantel because she can see that Kira likes Chantel. But why why did Chantel do it? Um, I guess she couldn't say no. Because Chantel really, really, really wants to keep that job because that's her independence from her husband. So she's, like, intent on making that work. But then obviously now it's coming into a situation where her trying to assert that independence is also now angering the person that she's trying to escape from. Yeah, exactly. It's really it's really clever writing. It's very realistic and it shows you how, you know, things like work and 
the hierarchy and work can really like make life impossible for people in abusive relationships i thought it was really well done yeah massively so to be honest i'm more i'm grateful more than anything else that this storyline is there because otherwise it'd just be like laying into eastenders quite a lot <laughs> right yeah some positive stuff to talk about this week it's great do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah right what should we what should we go on to next well we've mentioned dotty briefly but uh oh, yeah. we saw peter and dotty get it on this week which i think was actually a prediction of mine from quite a while ago yeah okay okay we're well, gonna have to start keeping score because some of our <laughs> old predictions are are turning out to be true but you know i was really into it like i kind of like like the idea of them being together yeah it gave them both a bit of ex- like extra character particularly peter by the way, is Peter like the shittest personal trainer in the world? Because like when they all came and like just randomly joined his training session, <laughs> no sign up, no money exchange, like fine, maybe he's doing like a, you know, a kind of co-op style like, you know, endeavor, but it, it didn't seem like it. Not running his business well, is he? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Literally just people walking past were like, well, can I join? <laughs> do you know what like a weird uh a weird moment i thought was like at the end of that training session where Dottie's all like exhausted and then peter goes and talks to her and she said uh like who else would i get into these gross yoga pants for and i was like which <laughs> which writer wrote that a londoner being like gross yoga pants what the hell <laughs> they got some american writers right now what's going on yeah, I know. <laughs> Why is some of this stuff so, so shit? Jarring. Like, oh my god! I actually god. quite enjoyed the workout session, though. Did you? I mean, there was a little hint of uh, Jags and Habiba there. Your favorite EastEnders couple. I really like them, and actually, the more the fandom like really lean into the idea of like you know, the, some of the fandom are basically like calling for his execution, and I'm a bit like, well, fuck you! I'm gonna like completely go against the grain. Jags and Habiba stan. Yeah, I'm massively so. Look, I, I, I will definitely concede, particularly when it comes to Jags, that, you know, his acting needs some improving. But also, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny, it's cute, it's lighthearted. Yeah, like, you know, particularly, like, when other characters are getting away with, like, really shit writing and shit acting and stuff. It's a bit like, you know what, leave them alone. <laughs> leave Jackson and Bieber alone. Exactly. I'm going to do a YouTube video <laughs> in a kind of Britney Spears, leave, leave Britney alone type type video but um yeah so where do you think that's going then with peter and dotty anyway i think she's gonna actually fall for peter she seems to like him quite a lot um but she, it's gonna like make the long-term vendetta against ian very like deep and difficult yeah exactly and also we haven't seen how bobby is going to react to it um, as well yeah i forgot about that we haven't seen bobby in a long time have we yeah i mean quite a long time actually thinking about it yeah since his um when he took some drugs and fell over <laughs> <laughs> when he took some laughing gas yeah <laughs> fucking hell so, anyway i hope bobby is well but yeah go on well i was just gonna say with the dotty and the ian storyline we also had the denny memorial bench service this week we did we did by the way before we get into what happened on that yeah do you have any idea why Phil was shouting at the bench a few weeks ago? <laughs> no, because we briefly talked about this. It like looked like it had been vandalised, but it kind of hadn't. Or no, it had, it's supposed to look like that. and we still don't know if anyone did that. Yeah, no, I, I have no clue, actually. 
Well, fine, fine. But anyway, so the memorial service. So um, sloppy. I'm always relieved that next week's the last two episodes. Yeah, I know. And also, do you not feel like the memorial scene was basically a repetition of the funeral episode? Danny's five-minute outdoor funeral, yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what, what did it serve? Like... I just don't get why they've basically... Look, I totally get why people do a funeral and then a memorial service. That's fine. I understand that. But in terms of, like, EastEnders, what the fuck was the point in doing, like, both things almost identically? And then you had the whole thing as well of, like, you know, of Dotty, like, giving Ian the evils, which was... I'm pretty certain that happened at the funeral as well, right? Yeah, they already did that. And it was also, like, such a random assortment of people. Oh, yeah. Well, classic. I mean... weird well okay so that's where we are with peter and dotty and ian there was i wanted to mention when ian and phil had that argument when ian went to get sharon's stuff from Mm. phil's house and there was like a kind of hint again at like ian wanting to get with sharon yeah this hint actually slapped me in the face because i remember when we discussed it last time i was like oh i didn't get that from uh ian you know speaking Mm. to sharon and clearly i'm a complete idiot because obviously that was the case (laughs) but um sharon is not like remotely interested so do you think that's what we're going to come back to like ian having got together with sharon i mean i guess she's very vulnerable at the moment maybe she might make a bad choice but um, it seems an odd decision for Ian, having just, like, accidentally murdered her son. <laughs> and also, like, Sharon and Ian are friends. And obviously, with friendship goes a lot of affection and love, and, and that's true. But also, like, your friends know you, like, often nobody else and are not blinded by, like, you know, being, like, you know, madly in love with you. So Ian and Sharon have been friends for, like, three, four decades. The idea that, like, she would get together with Ian knowing what a complete piece of shit is <laughs> yeah being there through all the marriages do you know what i mean right i just don't buy it yeah also like there's never been as far as i'm aware there's no ne- that's never been a thing like there's never been a hint of like sharon and ian getting together has there no i don't think so and, I, and look i totally get how like you know you hear stories of childhood friends like meeting again in adults and realizing actually their friendship means something more but they have seen each other for the last like four decades pretty much consistently um I don't know why they would suddenly discover romantic. I mean, it's possible, I guess. Is it possible? What do you it's think? It's possible, but I think it's weird. Yeah. Hopefully they'll like <laughs> yeah. do away with that whole thing in the break. Yeah, that's another one, yeah, to stick in the bin, please. <laughs> Get rid of it. In the bin, in the bin. Um, we spoke a little bit about Sharon uh, and versus Phil and now Sharon and Ian. Mm. But to talking of the pub, do you think Linda and Mick are now going to pull out of the pub sale because they're worried about Phil's dirty money? Well, see, this is, I was going with your somehow the tailors get it theory. Um, <laughs> I think wishful thinking from both of us. Because <laughs> I just really want that to happen. So I thought that like <laughs> Phil's dodgy money was going to delay it enough for the tailors to somehow get the pub. Um but yeah, I agree. It kind of doesn't look like that's happening. So I don't really know what's happening with that. Like, are they are they angling for Mick and Linda to stay in the pub? Are they not going to sell the pub? I mean, if they're not going to sell the pub, I'm just going to be so pissed off with this whole fucking scenario. Yeah. It's a bit like... But then maybe, maybe, but you know, another part of me feels like, actually, I quite like Mick and Linda in the pub. So you know what? Just let make it happen. Do you know what I think should happen? I absolutely know is not going to happen. Go I think Nancy and Tamwa should come back and run the pub. 
oh my god i would oh yeah that i would love that so much like just this like incredible return and also like it feel like a return to like when eastenders like was a bit better than it is now yeah eastenders was so good back then come on you know what though i think there's quite a big possibility given like you know they've had a lot of time on their hands that they're probably going to bring back some some characters so you know it's it's possible is it though because tamwa um what is his name himesh patel Patel. he's like famous now isn't he yeah but you know he was in that we we've discussed this in a previous podcast i don't want to talk about it too much but he was in that film which was quite shit Okay, so he could come back to EastEnders. Could, <laughs> could and should. Could and should. Anyway, should, I was just going to say, I feel like we've got some good threads here in terms of like the interconnectedness of, of the storyline. I think the other thing like to kind of discuss around Sharon is um, the baby and kind of Karen. Um, I thought those scenes were really touching. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I liked that. And I also liked getting to see a bit of Bernie as well. We haven't seen her for a little while. Bloody hell, yeah. She um, reappeared out of nowhere. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, do you think Karen... I mean, Karen's still going to, like, babysit and stuff, isn't she? She's still going to be around. Well, you say that, but then when Karen gave the baby back and uh, she was like, oh, I'm available for babysitting, Sharon was basically like, we'll see maybe in a few weeks. You're <laughs> like, what? She's literally <laughs> just, like, looked after your baby after you yeah. sit on her. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And she could legitimately have, like, you know, gone to social services and, like, I'm, you know, I'm glad she didn't. But, like, if she was being spiteful, she could have been like, this woman has just given me a baby. She shouldn't be allowed to have it back. Yeah. Um, but she didn't do that. So <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Poor like, old Karen. And now she's got Mitch trying to muscle into her relationship. Right. Okay. So am I sensing a changing of opinion <laughs> as, to, as to Mitch's behavior? Um, okay, yeah, he is being totally outrageous. And also, like, he's taking this moment where she's just just giving this baby back. Like, she's having such a hard time and he's, like, decided it's time for him to, like, pounce in terms of her relationship rather than, like, support her as a friend through this difficult time. Uh, Which is scumbag behaviour, but... (laughs) He's in the wrong, okay? But I still just really like Mitch. But scumbags can be likeable. He's so likeable. It's not mutually exclusive. And also, you know, there are scenarios in which scumbags are scumbaggery, doing scumbaggery. And then there's other places where they're like, you know what? Perfectly pleasant person. Like, I'm not saying he's on like gray levels of like scumbaggery, but like gray's kind of an example of that, of like showing he's kind of got that good side, but also, yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's complex. It's complex with Mitch. But yeah, and when it comes to Mitch, Karen and Billy, I think he's, he's a scumbag. We've all got those mates, haven't we, where you were all like, God, I really don't approve of the way that you conduct your relationships. <laughs> right. But, like, but they're yeah. right people, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. He's a guy, but he's just uh, terrible to women that he's involved with. Right. Do you want to see, like, natural justice prevail in, in that scenario where you know billy billy is the winner in that love triangle or or do you rather would you rather just see karen with mitch i would like to see mitch realize the error of his ways become the partner the karen needs and for them to get back together at the same time as honey is arriving back on the square Mm. that's what i'd like to see by the way actually i thought that was quite a funny scene in the pub where Mitch uh, was chatting to Mick about uh, Billy 
and then um, that basically they, they, they did a whole scene about Billy having a massive day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny as well. <laughs> and actually, just because when you mentioned honey, just because of, and actually, it is a point about. Look, I, I don't believe in like leagues and like you know dating within your league and all that kind of thing. But like you know, but Mick saying like how did Billy like bag honey as I think he put it, and basically him going like because he's got a massive wang. <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> yeah, I mean Billy does all right, doesn't he, with women? Well, do you know clearly, yeah, for good reason. So well done, <laughs> Billy. Should I congratulate him for that? Um, he's a nice person as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, okay. I feel like I want to make a joke about uh Billy's uh big member and him and the Olympic torch because you remember that oh episode God, where Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is what I'll name the episode this week like Billy's Olympic torch. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, Aww. anyway. Well, okay, I think it's a good way for that storyline to resolve itself. Like, I think without Honey returning, I want Karen to, to stay with with Billy, just out of fairness. And I actually quite like them together as well. I do think there's there's something that works there. But if Honey does come back, I'm I'm happy to, to kind of yeah. see Mitch with Karen. I enjoyed the uh, Taylor family at home and, like, the prank with the flower bomb and stuff. That was nice. Um, although another, like, bugbear of mine this week the uh, the Taylors have a catchphrase which I don't think has ever before been mentioned on the show. And also, why was Mitch participating in that catchphrase given that he's not a Taylor and right. wasn't around? And the catchphrase doesn't even make sense. Yeah. The catchphrase is never too old, never too Taylor. What does that mean? And why has no one ever said it before this episode? Who is writing EastEnders? I do get what the catchphrase means. Basically, like, there's no, nothing too childish for, for, you know, in terms of Taylor behavior. Okay. But, um, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Bizarre. <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. Really bizarre. Really bizarre. But, um, yeah, anyway, talking to the Taylors, mm-hmm. um, Keegan and Tiff, do you think oh. it's uh, finished for them? That was such a sad conversation. Mm. Um, yeah. Is it? Is it game over? I don't even know. I can't predict these storylines anymore. I feel like it absolutely shouldn't be because I haven't even had a conversation about it yet. And where is Keegan going to go? But then I also can see them just doing this. It's kind of like when I know I've mentioned this a lot, like I feel like I I alone was like traumatized by the situation when um, Jay and Abby broke up. (laughs) (laughs) The childhood sweetness. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed this before, but I couldn't stand Abby, so... Yeah, yeah I mean, it was fair, fair enough. enough. I could see why you would break up with Abby. But, like, <laughs> it was totally just out of the blue. Jay suddenly just, like, was really horrible to Abby. Yeah. Um, and then it that was it. They just broke up forever. And there was, like, no viable explanation, I didn't think. So I'm a little bit nervous that that's happening here as well. Like, maybe Zach Morris wants to leave. Like, maybe he's going on to do some other stuff. He's definitely an actor that I can see like being successful outside of the show. So I'm a little bit nervous. They're just like, okay, see you later. Because the the, the whole kind of their, like uh, the breakdown of the relationship, I'm not saying it wasn't there, but it feels very accelerated mm, in the last few episodes. Yeah. So I can kind of see what you mean about maybe it was like a kind of short notice thing that he wanted to 
to get out of his contract. But but who knows? To be honest, I I tell you one thing though that as much as I, the storyline is heartbreaking, it just again has really reminded me of what a great actress uh, the the person who plays it, Maisie Smith. Maisie yeah, Maisie Smith. Smith is. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just really kind of gets you like she was just so sad. Oh, and I was like, Oh Tiff. And poor Keegan as well. Like he's so Absolutely. Upset. He's going through some stuff. Well, this is again and I, we talked about it in, in the previous episode where I really want him to get some kind of mentorship from somewhere. Yeah, I know. That's it will be really sad if if this is him actually leaving. They've kind of been through this whole very like dramatic very traumatizing kind of his series of of violent experiences of racism and then him just leaving like I would really like to see some form of like resolution or him just being able to move on from the situation yeah definitely and also and you know like you know Soapland like has to be a little bit of escapism so like I love EastEnders because of like you know, when it does, like, the kind of realistic storylines really well, when it does, like, you know, working class stories really well. Like, I love all of that. But on occasion, you kind of just want to go, like, I would quite like it if this resolved in a slightly happy ending way. Like, not completely ludicrous, but, like, I, yeah, I kind of, like, you know, can, can Keegan come on the other side of this, like, happy with some growth? I'm not saying, like, racism is over after that, but... I kind of just, I really like them together. So, yeah, you know, leave them together. Just let them have a nice time. Let them be. <laughs> let them be. Um, talking of other relationships, we've got a little bit more of, uh, and a happier relationship, we've got a little bit more of Rainey and Stuart. Oh, yeah. Stuart wasn't actually in the episode, was he? No, he just no. Her but like, as a surprise. Would you say that Rainey and Stuart are like the most kind of well it's like the kind of most well-functioning relationship on the square um i think despite all their history i think mick and linda would be a strong contender okay but yeah, yeah probably right now rainy and stewart are the most well-adjusted um couple on the square incredible incredible who would have thought it a few months ago oh, isn't it lovely it is lovely it is lovely now it seems like Rainy has dropped her plan to fleece Max. In fact, she was openly dis- openly discussing it with Max. Yeah. So, why do you think they bothered with that storyline? Oh my gosh, who knows? Although, like, Habiba did come and speak to Rainy about it this week, didn't she? I can't remember what the outcome of that was. Well, so Rainy basically was like, "Nah, I'm not interested. Not bothered." Oh my god, it's just another one of those things that they've like just dropped in and then decided they don't want to do. I think it's a half-assed attempt to basically find a route to Ian fleecing Max down the line yeah. at some point. And it's like, you could have done that in so many different ways. And instead you put this like convoluted, pointless, like very short storyline. And and also then just randomly involved Habiba in it because you haven't bothered to write anything decent for us. So you're like, oh shit, we need to use the actor. Like It's like, what the fuck? Half-assed. You build us up and then you drop us. Well, now you're being dropped, so no, I was going to say <laughs> fuck you, EastEnders. But no, come on, we still love. I don't mean it. We'll I support them through it. this rocky patch. I don't know. Apart me feels like it's maybe good we're having a break. I'm genuinely relieved. Well, and also partly because even though, like, when we dissect this, like, I'm a bit like that was ludicrous, that didn't work, etc. I still am not coming away from EastEnders going like, oh my god, I did not enjoy that. No, of course, like, it's just a fixture in my life. 
I always yeah. want to watch East Enders. But I'm very excited about getting into some classic episodes. So, woohoo! Should we? If, okay, have we just have we finished with with last week's I episode? I think we have. I think we wrapped it up. Okay, so actually, now you mentioned the classic episodes. Have you? I, I we probably should have thought about this before the episode, but I'm just wondering if you've got a episode you'd quite like them to re-air. Oh my gosh! Um, wow, there's so many. I'm trying to think like the era that I often think back to when I think of like EastEnders that I would like to see again is like the era of like Fat Boys Prime oh, when he yeah, was like best yeah. friends with Dot. And also right. when, I mean, I know because we talked a little bit about this recently, but when Mercy was back on the show, mm. there was a little crew of like young people. I'd like to see some episodes from, from around then. Right. And and actually, on that note, I hope they don't go down the route of picking the episodes where there's an explosion or a gunfight or some gangster shit. Like, I hope they really think about, okay, what have been like the hard-hitting emotional storylines, the relationship-based storylines. Exactly. Like... That's what I want to see. I want to remember the EastEnders where it was like about how people relate to people. Yeah, massively so. And actually, and, and maybe uh i'd be up for like some of the topical episodes that they've that they've done when they've dealt with like you know issues and stuff so yeah i would yeah. be up for so... seeing a rerun of the like the live episode <laughs> which okay so i think we've established there are two live yeah, episodes, so i mean so... the one where bradley jumped off the roof okay yeah Obviously, like that's high drama but like yeah i remember that moment very clearly yeah but that was done really well and that again was kind of yeah, I feel like the build-up to that was, it was worth them kind of doing that level of high drama. So, yeah. so I kind of I'm fine with that. Another one I would like to see, um, that because we did this on the online EastEnders script reading Zoom group, and it was the first episode we did, which was the reveal of who killed Lucy Beale. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I want to revisit that partly because at the time, I think I was a little bit. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure how much I bought into the whole idea that it was Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to see how I feel about that um, on, a, on a second view. Do you know which one that I'm interested in seeing? And, it, and it's a bloody difficult watch. But the uh, episode where Whitney um, is kind of trafficked. Oh my gosh, yeah, that would be a difficult watch, but it was it was very good. Maybe actually, in given the situation we're in in the world right now, actually maybe don't air that one. <laughs> we could have some light-hearted ones as well. That'd be great if they could just like chuck some of those in. Well, actually, light-hearted one. I w- I basically am up for just seeing the Billy's Olympic torch episode. <laughs> Hark oh, back to 2012 when uh, everything was great in the UK. Totally perfect <laughs> and fine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. At the risk of alienating a certain section of our fan base, and I'll probably just cut out even me saying that. But, um, <laughs> should we talk about East End of the Week? Who was your East End of the Week? Uh, my East End of the Week, even though she was like barely in it, was Bernie, just because I miss seeing her on EastEnders and it was nice to have her back briefly. Yeah, I love a bit of Bernie. Wonder what she's been up to. I know, yeah. She hasn't really had much to do. And Tiff, like she, yeah. she hasn't even been hanging out with Tiff. Well, I mean this is oh God. I don't want you know what, okay, I'm not gonna ruin this section with my <laughs> latest complaint, but Oh you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna ruin it. Who cares? <laughs> um 
this is the other thing as well of like people being in each other's lives quite intimately and then at a really crucial moment them just disappearing yeah and the like tiff and keegan would go through all of these relationship problems and the like bernie would be not involved in the slightest despite being tiff's best friend and keegan's brother and also the like bernie would have absolutely no thoughts to offer on what keegan's going through right now having grown up with him for her whole life yeah it's like well anyway yeah well good to see bernie let's let's keep it on that who was your eastender of the week it was dotty wow you love dotty yeah She's massively grown on me. Like, there's something about the character that I just genuinely like, really like. And you mentioned the scenes that I really liked her in, which was that scene with Ruby. Yeah. And also, like, her with the whole kind of, you know, in the personal training session as yeah. well. Like, yeah, it was good actually. If they could like develop that stuff, I would, I would enjoy that. Oh, and actually, sorry, no, the other scene you, the scene that you actually mentioned was her picking up on um, Gray's uh, jealousy. Yeah, she's got a radar for terrible men. She does. She does. Love, love in a bit of dotty. So yeah, it's standard of the week. Woo-hoo. Have you got a prediction for the last two episodes? My prediction is, I don't know if we're actually going to see this. It might go beyond the next two episodes. But what I think is going to happen is that Whitney is going to actually help Chantel to realise how terrible Grey is. I feel like somehow Ooh. she's going to like, because obviously like Whitney has experience of horrible men. And I feel like she's going to like see it and there's going to be this moment where like she supports Chantel to like realize the situation she's in and think about needing to get out. And it's going to be like a moment of empowerment for Whitney. Yeah, I definitely see that. I think given where they left things with between Whitney and Grey, it's, I, I don't want to ruin it, but it's definitely not going to happen this week. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think it's a really good, I genuinely think it's a really good prediction. And actually trying to make a prediction for the last two episodes is going to be virtually impossible. Yeah, exactly. So, What's yours then? Well, I'm now thinking like I should go for something a bit grander because, you know, they could air, who knows what the last two episodes were before they, they halted filming. Yeah. So it could be any old shit. Yeah, literally. Um, it could just be like the most mundane <laughs> EastEnders episodes ever. <laughs> right which in a four episode week i sometimes kind of like those episodes we were a bit like you know just kind of pushing a couple of storylines a little bit forward seeing some characters you like i'm i'm good with that but yeah i'm trying to think what my big prediction would be but um well i think i've said it before but i guess this is more hopeful than 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 a prediction but i would love the first episode we see back from EastEnders, they go just straight into Rainey and Stuart's wedding. So oh been my god! The over the summer, and we just go straight into it. That would be so good. Right. Wow. Right. EastEnders, you need to hire Nav. Thank you. you. It would be so him. joyful. That would be incredible, and you could have every single like character from EastEnders there. Hard one to right. do with social distancing in place. To be fair. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, but you know, but they could really tie into um, the Rainey and, and Stuart kind of their vibe. Like maybe really everybody good. has to come as a zombie. And God, if they did that right, that could be an iconic episode. Oh my God, I've got. I actually started trying to mock up, but then it took me too long, so I couldn't be bothered. But I started to mock up what I thought Rainey and Stuart's wedding would look like <laughs> in Photoshop. Um, and I put I put Rainey in like a goth dress and like uh, Stuart like with like heavy white powder and yeah i think we're gonna need to see it sorry you're gonna have to finish this well you know might as well now i'm back back (laughs) in uh, london town 
get get that done with. But um, yeah, amazing. I think we've uh, wrapped up yeah, another episode. And okay, two last episodes until September coming this week. Whoa. So exciting! Oh my god. Oh my god. Right, okay. Well, keep listening because we're going to carry on airing and uh we'll uh we'll see you next week. Be back next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>